Hello. For a while now, I've been thinking about what it would take to make a beer from scratch. I don't mean by that to start off with the basic ingredients and to brew it myself, but to start with absolutely nothing. I'm standing in the middle of a freezing cold, rubbish-strewn, previously totally unloved allotment, but by the end of this year, I plan to have a beer in my hand that has been made with nothing but the ingredients grown or gathered from this plot. My name is Ben Richards, and this is Growing Beer. So, here we are then, the start of everything. 12 months to go from grass to glass, from plot to pint. Thank you for listening. The thought that I'm not talking to myself gives me some encouragement for the year ahead. And you are very welcome to join me on my journey to see if it is actually possible to grow everything I need to make a beer myself. I hope that as you listen, you are somewhere warmer than I am right now. It is the end of January. It is minus two. The wind is picking up and I've been on the plot so long today trying to sort it out that it's actually gone dark on me. Uh, I can see the stars in the sky. I can see a few lights twinkling from the town on the other side of the valley. But all I have for company is the odd car rumbling along the road below the allotments and a couple of neighbouring dogs barking at each other across the fields. Ultimately, by the end of the year, I hope to have created two things. A glass of beer and a listenable podcast. But both of these things present a range of challenges and they're quite different from one another. I've never made a podcast before, so I've got to learn how to record, edit and publish out these episodes. So we'll just have to see if these end up being both listenable and worth listening to. You were never meant to be here. It was always meant to be just my personal journey, uh, a quiet experiment to see if it was possible. And if it failed, it didn't matter. Uh, but I got talking to a couple of friends and they got really enthusiastic about the idea and they said that I should start a blog, take some photos and write about it so that they and anyone else, if they wanted to, could follow the project. And I thought, yeah, not a bad idea. But then I realised if I'm going to make this public and have a website and people will see it, I have to make a real go of it. I have to make sure it works. And that's when I thought I need to get some help. So I decided I would call in some favours or ask some new favours of, of various experts who know what they're doing when it comes to gardening, agriculture and brewing. Of course, this made it even worse because I then went back, spoke to the same friends and they said, wow, if you're going to interview these people, you have to record it. You've got to share the interviews and have a podcast. And here we are walking around a freezing cold, <laughs> very dark now uh, allotment in January. So thanks, guys. Thanks for your advice small matter of creating the podcast aside then the main challenge is to get the ingredients i need for the beer i've set myself two main rules but i am already regretting the first of these and that is that all of the episodes have to be recorded right here from my shed on the allotment except that i don't have a shed yet the second rule is that everything that goes into the final beer has to have come from the allotment that means i've got to grow the barley grow the hops collect the water and figure out what I'm going to do with yeast as well. Now I don't know if this has been done before and I certainly don't know if it's been done on a plot as small as this one but there are an awful lot of unknowns ahead of me and I genuinely don't know if this is possible or not and how it's going to work out in the end. I have in my mind this image of Christmas time. I've got my feet up in front of the log burner feeling very cosy, very smug, drinking the pint of beer 
that has been made entirely from this allotment. There is a reasonable chance, though, that I will be sat on my own in a separate room with the rest of my family, having been cast out for spending a huge amount of time making absolutely nothing. But I am a big fan of looking beyond some of the immediate problems, having a bit of faith in yourself, and giving it a go. Right, so that's what we're trying to achieve, but how are we going to do this? Well, I have a plan, and it has three main phases. The first of these is the preparation and planting phase, and it should take four to five months, so through to about May, I think. I've got to sort out the plots, learn what to do with each ingredient, and get the hops and barley planted in the ground. Phase two is the growing and research phase. With any luck, the hops and barley will be doing their thing in the soil, and I just need to keep them alive. So at that time, we'll figure out how we're going to collect the water, how we're going to get a yeast culture, and learn a bit more about how we'll brew the final beer, what style we'll actually brew, and find out why beer and brewing is so important to our culture. And then finally, phase three is harvest and brew. Hopefully, I'll be able to collect the ingredients and we'll be able to make the final beer. Now, whilst it takes a lot of skill and experience to consistently brew a good beer, the actual process behind it is a pretty simple one. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, uh, it goes like this. You take your first ingredient, your malted barley, and you mix it with your second ingredient, water. Uh, heated water in this case. And you let the two sit together for about an hour, which is called the mash. Now during this time, the sugars in the barley mix into the water and we end up with this liquid called wort. And it's wonderful. It's really, really sweet and it smells like liquid biscuits. It's great. Now step two is that you take this sugary liquid, you boil it and you add in the hops. The hops are important for brewing. Uh, they are antibacterial, so they help the beer to keep for longer. They provide aroma and flavour and they also provide bitterness to balance out the sweetness that comes from the barley. Now once you've boiled these together, you cool it down and you add the yeast. And the yeast will consume those sugars and leave you with CO2 and alcohol. And that is beer. So what are the challenges? Well, I suspect there will be many, many challenges and they will change from month to month. But for now, I have three. The first of these is gardening. And I feel it's right that I should make a little confession. And that is, I have no idea about gardening. I've never really done any before, and I think it's fair to say you could write what I know about it on the back of a stamp. Two personal highlights for me are being laughed at for years by my wife's parents because I thought that gooseberries were just slightly hairy grapes, and being shouted at across the garden by an old neighbour. She'd said that I was welcome to go into her garden and collect the windfall apples, so I got my stepladder and I took them all off the tree. It turns out that windfall is not a variety, uh, and I'm the only person, it seems, in the world who didn't know that. So I don't know a lot about gardening. The second challenge is technical. I've got myself a little audio recorder, some headphones and a couple of microphones. After much toing, throwing with different types, faffing about, procrastinating and getting it wrong, I think I'm just about getting on top of this. Now the third challenge, and by far the biggest one for now, is the state of the allotment. Uh, I've got a pretty small piece of land to do this on. It's about looking around 10 by 10, 12 by 12 metres, I think. Uh, but it's in a nice spot. It's on the Devon-Dorset border, and it's about a mile or two from the coast. The whole site itself is a really nice one. Uh, there's quite a few plots here, 
And even though there's not an awful lot happening at this time of the year and not an awful lot growing, it's clear to see that there's a lot of people who've put quite a considerable amount of time into looking after their allotment. However, not the previous owner of mine. To say it's been neglected is putting it mildly. It's covered in rubbish, nothing has been grown here for years, and it's quite clear that it's going to be a lot of work needed to get it into a usable state. I've been trying to sort through it all day, and it's the reason why I'm here so late now. I'm just getting nowhere. There is so much rubbish that I've still got days of work just to be able to see the ground, I think. I've got so much rubbish, in fact, I've been making a list. Uh, give me a second. Right. So far, I have found... 40 square metres of rotting carpet, enough broken glass to fill a small barrel, four broken water butts, one broken 1,000 litre container, three gas canisters, one of which was buried. Always a joy to be digging and hit the top of a gas canister with a spade. Uh, several rotten pallets, around 20 refuse sacks, also buried about a foot under the soil, several cast iron wheels, obviously buried, and enough plastic rubbish to fill at least one of the broken water butts. Not a cultivated, fertile spot just yet, but at least I can see the ground now, which means I can look ahead. And it's not all bad news. Apparently, I can take back one of the gas canisters for £7, so that is almost worth the effort today. I haven't really told anyone around here what I'm planning, so I hope nobody objects. I mean, there's, there's very little happening at this time of year on the allotment. There's no one growing much, but it's quite a big site. There's clearly a lot of very loved plots and... I'm not entirely sure how 70 square metres of barley and 20 feet of hops is going to go down, but we'll just have to find out really. One thing that is clear already is that to turn this into a useful piece of land is going to be a real struggle physically. So I have roped in a friend already. Uh, his name is Mike. He lives just down the road from me. He has no more gardening experience than I do, but his wife is a chiropractor, so I have no concerns with working him as hard as I possibly can. To give you an idea of what I hope the plot will become, imagine you're standing on one of the edges in the middle looking across. There's going to be four beds, each roughly a quarter. And now, my wife is not particularly keen on me spending uh, a lot of time on this project and she's also not particularly keen on me having commandeered the entire allotment for it. So she has claimed the bed immediately to my right and made it quite clear that if I touch this there will be consequences. So I'm going to leave this one alone. That leaves me with three quarters. Now on the far side the beds are spread right the way across, beds one and two, those are going to be the barley. And then to my left there's going to be a shed, I'm going to grow the hops, and I'm also quite lucky that there's a hedge here with a few fruit trees in, so hopefully I shall be able to figure out how to get a workable yeast culture out of this. Again, I'm not really sure how yet, but I, I'm sure I'll figure something out. At each stage of this journey, I will be getting practical advice and guidance from some of the country's leading experts in gardening, farming, brewing, and that takes us up to about now. I've cleared most of the rubbish, I've roughly marked out the beds, and now I need to figure out how I should approach growing the barley and getting on top of the plot in general. Now, Toby Buckland is a gardener, writer, TV presenter and organiser of various festivals too. He's also a very nice man who offered to pay me a visit and provide a little advice for where to get started. Thank you for coming, Toby. Pleasure, Ben. <laughs> what do you think of the spot? It's a lovely allotment site. It's cracking, isn't it? It's south facing. It's a lovely view. 
Yeah, great views, bathed in sunshine. It's a good spot. It looks like a good spot. We've had a quick walk around. So how suitable do you think the plot is as it is now, the beds that we've, we've, we've kind of got semi-dug up? What, what, there's a bit of manure on, on one of them. What's, what's that about? Is well, that... That, that's a disputed zone. That's the one where I'm not allowed <laughs> to grow on anyway. So the, pl <laughs> the plot behind that, which has just been turned, and the one that you can see to the left, yeah. those are the two that I've got available to me. Okay. Okay. They look. They, I was just going to say, you shouldn't put any manure or any feed on the ground before you sow the barley. It, the soil here is quite, I've had a look at it, it's quite, when you pick it up it feels heavy, it smears and it becomes, it sort of shines to a polish yeah. between finger and thumb and that's an indicator of a high clay content. Okay. And clay is a heavy soil but it holds on to nutrients because it's, it, well the particles of clay are just uh, microscopic and they hold and lock magnetically onto chemical nutrients. And unlike a sand, which loses them where they wash out, these things would just be like a store of food for any plant that's on it. If you apply lots of nitrogen, not only can you reduce your germination, but you'll reduce your yield because the plants will just be lots of green growth. Also, you'll just get a lot of protein, which might be good for making bread but <laughs> or feeding cattle, but it won't be, I guess, any good for beer. Yeah, okay. Uh, what do you think are the key challenges I'm going to face? Yeah, I think the thing to remember although you're growing an agricultural crop is that actually what you're growing is a grass a sward of grass and just yeah. the same as on a lawn when you sow that soil preparation is is critical and about what i what i mean by that is that the, you have to have an even tilth that's breaking the clods down into sort of like a, a biscuit crumb like yeah. consistency that's got to be even but it's also got to be even under the ground in terms of compaction and so as you prepare you walk the ground every single corner of it evenly okay don't cut across one bit to the <laughs> shed or create a path because if 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 the soil is all evenly compacted water will reach the surface where the seed is at the same time if it's fluffy in one spot and a bit rammed down in another you'll get um germination spread over a couple of weeks or it could be quite patchy and you're growing an agricultural crop and the thing about the fields that surround us all the farmers all they want is to sow on one day and harvest a lot on one day yeah that's what you're doing whereas on an allotment all your neighbors want piecemeal pickings you want to grow like a farmer and the soil prep is is the key okay think like a farmer think like a farmer <laughs> yeah once it's in and it's starting to grow yeah what concerns would i have around pests be it slugs snails birds or, or, or similar the, the birds are going to be a problem as soon as you sow and it just the same as if you were sowing a lawn in your back garden some nets just over the top yeah. will just discourage them and stop them coming in. It's quite important to monitor the ground. Uh, uh, it, the brilliant thing about having mobile phones is after sowing you can take a picture of what it looks like because uh, things like mice and voles could be a problem if you're going for an early sowing. Yeah. But you can take a picture of the soil and if it looks disturbed in some way, like you see little nose holes <laughs> which yeah. voles leave, you'll know that you're starting to lose okay. some of your crop. But when you sow any crop, in an open ground like this you always are a bit generous with your sowing so whatever the sowing rate is you're given you want to add a, add a pinch or two <laughs> extra for pests just take it into account for the birds yeah and once the uh, the crops actually established are there any concerns after that well what's so fascinating about this project altogether you're a bit like sort of a member of the public buying crude oil it's just <laughs> not sown you know like the barrels of oil are just not sown yeah they're sold are they and it's the same with barley and on a small scale farmers deal with this sort of stuff all the time and they would have measures could be from satellites yeah. telling them whether their fields need feeding you of course would just be looking at it and thinking well the grass looks a bit yellow and if it's yellow that means it needs a nitrogenous feed now with 
barley and cereal crops you don't feed before the plants go in but you feed at a critical time mm -hmm. just as they're starting to grow so yeah. when they've got between one and five leaves ideally okay. and chicken manure is what i would what i'd suggest okay. you can get that from a garden center but um yeah it's just that they look yellow and hungry but really you know you're just gonna have to uh you know look to the neighbors go okay. around farmers fields around here yeah. and have a look if theirs <laughs> is looking a bit more bonnie than yours you know there's a, some chicken poos what's so I'll, I'll set up a webcam and send it to my friendly garden expert <laughs> yeah <laughs> it will do well yeah do yeah yeah but i think it's you know it, it is a lot of um keep, it's not so much keeping up with the joneses but it's just seeing if they're doing things better than you that's yeah. what a lot, a lot of gardening is you don't need to be the expert as long as you've got <laughs> one nearby moving on from the pests mm. what about disease and the impact of the weather is there anything I should be thinking of or aware of with that? Well, I, you know, that's in the lap of the gods. You can't, there's good years and there's bad years, bad years for barley. And, and, and when, you're, when you're trying to get a crop that depends on starch content to protein content, a lot of that will come down to temperatures and, and the amount of rainfall you get. You just, my fingers are crossed for you, Ben. <laughs> okay. right, that's a non-committal piece of advice. Well, you could sort of put umbrellas up over the lot, but I could, you know, I just, yeah. it's too big, really. I think you've got to get that soil preparation right, because yeah. if, you, if you do that, if you get some compost in there as well, see, compost is quite an interesting thing. Um, it doesn't necessarily hold a lot of food that's immediately available to plants, but it does, it, it, it helps the soil drain, but if it's dry, it also holds on to the last bit of moisture. So it's, 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 um, it, it, it just sounds like it's conflicting terms really, but it really is something that improves the ground. And, and what it does, it helps the plants look after themselves. Because okay. that's the sort of principle of good organic growing. You just do everything you can to make the plants grow well themselves. Yeah. And then you can sit back and they'll look after themselves. Yeah. yeah, well, if it rains too heavily, there is a cricket pitch down the road. Yeah, uh, I noticed they've got the wicket covers have gone. <laughs> Drag them up here, come and have the allotment with them. <laughs> Actually, that'd be quite a good way to do it. But yeah, the, 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 the thing you want is lots of air moving through the crop and diseases, mm -hmm. airless conditions, moist yeah. conditions. And as soon as you start covering crops like barley, that really, you know, I mean, they grow right up into the, right up beyond the borders. I mean, it's a classic yeah. wet season crop. You know, as okay. long as you get that drainage in there with good compost, you'll okay. be fine. Um, any other plants? So say we've got the, the uh, disputed zone that I'm not allowed to touch, but... Yeah encouraging the growth of some companion plants or things that would aid or, or help prevent that or is that not really an issue growing hops and barley no i wouldn't say you've got anything to worry about it's just keep the grass nice and mown around the outside you know yeah. is the, the the grass here um is a good companion crop in the sense because it makes a free path for you to walk on and access the beds um but it can ha harbor slugs and snails so keeping it short prevents yeah. that I would also put bird feeders up. You know, I don't think there's any sort of companion plants to put in in for the barley, but just really with with the grass that you're trying to get out of the blocks without too much food, you're really thinking of plants that come before it. That's the thing. So no manure or no bean crops or pea crops because they what they do is they attract nitrogen onto their roots and that can be left in the soil as a residue and that will overfeed your barley and yeah. reduce your yield or okay. increase the amount of protein so yeah i wouldn't say there's any anything like that but you know if you're worried about birds nets uh, um you know nets to nets to keep them off and if you're worried about aphids or pests like that yeah. put bird feeders up to, to encourage <laughs> okay. them back at the right time yeah <laughs> yeah so imagine for a second that we swap places yeah and this is your plot and you're doing the project yeah what are the main things that, that you would do to give it the best chance of 
of someone doing things differently to what we've spoken about? I would get some plastic sheeting um, because time is of the essence. Really, um, you want the soil to have a few weeks to settle mm -hmm. after it's been prepared. And it's just this, you know, going back to that business of the particles of soil touching one another. I mean, the thing about gardening is just lots of little tips. It's also, it all makes sense when you told them. But yeah. If you don't know them, it can seem, you know, yeah. seem impossibly difficult. But all you're trying to do is make for an even bit of ground and the soil will settle on its own to become even. So, if you get some plastic sheets and you cover your ground, you'll stop any extra rainfall going on it, which means you'll be able to be prepare the soil when you're ready. Because, like, you know, you've got a job. And, you know, you're not going to come out here just because it's dry. You might not be available, but you can if you cover the soil. You can come out and you can work that down to till. Also, covering the soil with black plastic will help warm it up, and that will vastly increase the germination rate. Also, the speed at which the plants get out the blocks. And the interesting thing about seed is that seed is like bird food or mice food, isn't it? Rodent yeah. <laughs> food when it's still in the kernel. As soon as it sprouts, you don't really want to know. Yeah, okay. So the, as soon as you sow, if it's you know, got the conditions right, bit of moisture in the ground, soil's nice and warm, can sprout within a couple of days and start to grow. And at that point, it's much less vulnerable to pests. And, yeah. and you, so you, you can, you yeah. can foreshorten that time it's sitting there vulnerable. It's like when you have a newborn baby, those anxious first days where you get used to it and get it. Yeah, <laughs> when you're rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you don't know. But yeah, it's about just that bit. But you can do something here and to pre-care for the ground, cover it, warm it up, and it means that you can work that into that good tilth that is going to make all the difference. I guess the next step is for me to start working the ground, isn't it? Put some effort in. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the weeds. Just, just one other tip. You're going to have weeds coming up here because it's, you know, that's just the way it is with allotments. If you take on a new allotment, the, the sort of the yin is, you'll have weeds come up. But the yang is yep. that, that that there won't be any pests here that have built up from years of growing barley. This yep. is sort of virgin ground, and so chances are, first year crop that you grow on any allotment, whether it's pumpkins, whether it's runner beans or barley, you, you, it's the best time to get the biggest crop. Good. I'll hold on to that. Optimism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you get things started. Yeah, optimism is everything, bad. Optimism. optimism is what's running this project. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and one other thing I'd say, just because it's you, you don't grow it regularly, as well as looking at farmers' fields to see what they're doing, is take a bit of your soil home, put it in a pot, and sow some barley there into it, just the same as you've done on the allotment. And then you, every day, even if you can't make it to the allotment, you can look at that and see if it's come up you can see whether it's looking hungry you can see you can have a sort of uh, a mini me version of your plot yeah. that's easier to access okay sounds good thank you very much toby i really appreciate you coming down and giving me some guidance oh it's a pleasure <laughs> what's the project it's fantastic <laughs>
figure out how to get the hop sorted and decide on what kind of horticultural superstructure we'll be calling our shed. I really hope you join me then. And yes, I use the word we. It's you and me now. We're in this together. Goodbye. <laughs>